Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Ida Rodriguez, and welcome to the latest episode of Truth Serum. Um, we've been gone for a couple of weeks, and I just want to say thank you for continuing to share the content, for still showing up for me and showing up for the show, and we appreciate you. Um, I am going to be doing the show by myself today because Frederick Joseph is unavailable Um that he had some technical issues and he'll be back. Um, we'll reschedule him top of the year so that he can come back and talk about his new book, um, The Black Friend. But uh, we got stuff to talk about. We got things uh, to uh, look forward to, things to reflect on. And uh, this year has been a, a very interesting year for many of us. Great things happen, horrible things have happened, lots of loss, lots of devastation, political chaos and we are still standing. So uh, first and foremost, I just wanna say that, take a moment to acknowledge all of the lost lives um, due to COVID. Um, we've lost quite a few people and we have to remember those people in this moment, as I was reminded earlier today, that we've topped 3 million by far um, US deaths in 2020. And I think that's the most um, and it's devastating. And I know people who personally who have died and I know so many people who know people who have died. So I just wanted to just acknowledge those people in this moment as a lot of people are celebrating, they are uh, preparing for these holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. A lot of people are grieving and, um, and mourning the loss of their loved ones. Um, anyway, onward and forward, um, I want to acknowledge those of you who are here um, and say thank you for being here today. Uh, this is this will be the last show of this year. I'm sorry to see to uh, see that show, Lloyd. I lost both of my parents, and my husband lost his mother. And so um, I want to share these stories and share these people because there are so many that are still walking about the planet saying that this is a hoax and that these numbers are inflated and that these deaths are not real. Um, and as you can see here showing up on the show, people have uh, lost their parents, immediate family members, and it is not a hoax. I lost uh, a comedian friend, Kenny Ortega, rest in peace, Kenny, he died a few weeks ago. And um, he died of COVID. He didn't die of something else. They weren't billing it as COVID so that they can get a check. He died of COVID. And um, I'm tired of these talking points. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about that because uh, even still, you know, in this moment of distress where so many people who are unemployed, um, about to lose their homes, about to become evicted, struggling with all of the loss, um, I think it is important that we remember that this government that we are talking about, they're not our friends. They are our employees. They work for us. We pay their salaries and we're supposed to be demanding them to show up regardless of what political party that they belong to. And I think we get so caught up in the the, you know, the political affiliation aspect of it all that we forget that they are all supposed to be working for us. And um, I just think it's important for us to remember that and, and that now that we're supposed to be um, pressing we should be demanding more. So the president of the United States decided to finally speak out, speak up 
about this stimulus package. Uh, most of the things that he's been talking about since the election have had to do with him and trying to get back in office or trying to stay in office rather. Um, so I, uh, I agree with him that $600 is not enough for, uh, to help, you know, when countries throughout the world are doing far more, um, in, in many ways consistently. Um, and we, the United States who continue to push the talking point that we're the greatest country, the most coveted country, the country that is the richest country, the greatest country on the earth. And now we look like one of those shithole countries that this president was talking about. Um, I wanna show you a video of Mr. Magnificent speaking out. Throughout the summer, Democrats cruelly blocked COVID relief legislation in an effort to advance their extreme left-wing agenda and influence the election. Then, a few months ago, Congress started negotiations on a new package to get urgently needed help to the American people. It's taken forever. However, the bill they are now planning to send back to my desk is much different than anticipated. It really is a disgrace. For example, among the more than 5,000 pages in this bill, which nobody in Congress has read because of its length and complexity, it's called the COVID Relief Bill, but it has almost nothing to do with COVID. This bill contains $85.5 million for assistance to Cambodia, $134 million to Burma, $1.3 billion for Egypt, and the Egyptian military, which will go out and buy almost exclusively Russian military equipment. $25 million for democracy and gender programs in Pakistan. $505 million to Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama. $40 million for the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., which is not even open for business. $1 billion for the Smithsonian and an additional $154 million for the National Gallery of Art. Likewise, these facilities are essentially not open. $7 million for reef fish management, $25 million to combat Asian carp, $2.5 million to count the number of amberjack fish in the Gulf of Mexico a provision to promote the breeding of fish in federal hatcheries, $3 million in poultry production technology, $2 million to research the impact of downed trees, $566 million for construction projects at the FBI. The bill also allows stimulus checks for the family members of illegal aliens, allowing them to get up to $1,800 each this is far more than the Americans are given. Despite all of this wasteful spending and much more, the $900 billion package provides hardworking taxpayers with only $600 each in relief payments. And not enough money is given to small businesses, and in particular restaurants, whose owners have suffered so grievously they were only given a deduction for others to use in business their restaurant for two years. 
This two-year period must be withdrawn, which will allow the owners to obtain financing and get their restaurants back in condition. Congress can terminate it at a much later date, but two years is not acceptable. It's not enough. Congress found plenty of money for foreign countries, lobbyists, and special interests while sending the bare minimum to the American people who need it. It wasn't their fault. It was China's fault, not their fault. I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple. I am also asking Congress to immediately get rid of the wasteful and unnecessary items from this legislation and to send me a suitable bill, or else the next administration will have to deliver a COVID relief package, and maybe that administration will be me, and we will get it done. Thank you very much. Um, I can't, I have to laugh because in, I'm sorry if it seems insensitive, but in addition to the malarkey, the malarkey and the malarkey, he had the, you know, he made sure he took the opportunity to slide it in there that he could still possibly be the president of the United States, uh, for another term where I think it's comical because he, he's slowly etching towards the admitting that there's going to be another administration. What I think is interesting is that he called out uh, where the, the stimulus foreign aid is going to, um, because that continues to feed his narrative that's anti other people and people of color in other countries. So of course, he is going to be um, you know, calling out Egypt, right? Places where there are people of color and that are receiving uh, aid. But let's talk about all the bailout of money that went to big time corporations who are his bosses. Like we talk about that. We're talking about this now, which I think is shitty. And I'm not celebrating the $600 for the American people. I'm not talking exactly the half uh, black reaper. Exactly. He is not talking about, um, you know, the, the money that went to the corporations and not, and not the small businesses, you know, we just found out that Joel Osteen received an obscene amount of money. Kanye West's company received an obscene amount of money. And these small corporations that he is pointing out now and you know, positioning foreign countries as the enemy for where the dollars are going. And I'm just tired of all of these politicians, right? Joe Biden, his talking points against Latinos and black people and showing up in ways and Latinos who are black people and the intersections thereof. He, it, it, they continuously show us who they are and we don't listen. Um, I think that it's interesting that now at the, at the, he's, as Jay-Z said, you can't change a player, what, what he said, you can't change a player in the ninth inning. How is it that now he gives a shit about the American people when people have been dying throughout this entire process since November and he has not showed and employed any empathy towards the American people who have been losing? Now that he wants to continue to stoke his base, he wants to continue to feed them the talking points, the narrative, the hate. Look, they're trying to give the money to the others. Look where they're trying to direct the dollars. Look with it. And that's because he he wants he wants to cause chaos in this country and he wants people to fight for him because he's a megalomaniac and he, that makes him feel better 
about himself. I um, oh, I'm so tired of the bullshit. I don't know about you, but we are all tired of the bullshit. And you know, the the pointing fingers is the theatrical, the po political theater that they engage in. And listen, if you think that they're not all doing it, if you belong to a political party and you think that one of them is better than the other, then I got some land in Florida I want to sell you because these people are trash. And the problem is that. You know, he keeps talking about Congress, 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 Congress. He, is he talking about the homies? He's talking about, you know, turtle men in them. Um, I've lost all respect for everybody. I'm not calling people's names. Mitch McConnell is turtle man to me. So if anybody is confused about who I'm talking about, that's who I'm talking about. I'm really concerned about the people. I, I know people who are devastated right now by the economic loss in this country um, who have been I have uh, someone in our family who was affected by COVID with and received a $38,000 medical bill for the treatment for COVID. Like these are the things that we are talking about in this country that we continue to overlook because we idolize this capitalism. We idolize being rich. We think it's, we don't understand that all of this shit is by design. And the reason that we struggle and that we're poor is because they made it so that we had to be. So here we are talking about um, Donald Trump coming in, something that he probably will not be able to do. So he's just talking for the sake of talking. Um, am I right, Irina? He's not, he doesn't have the power to overturn uh, what Congress did and to suggest this 600 to $2,000, like as if the $2,000 is really gonna make a difference for the American people as well. Um, tell that to the people who owe thousands and thousands of dollars of rent money since August. Um, you are goddamn right, Eric Levi. They can't be rich if we are not poor. Um, Jessica. So uh, anyway, I'm going to move on to the next story because I am so tired of Donald Trump and his face. Uh, but we'll talk about him again because he had uh, the opportunity to make some things happen. And what did he make happen? He pardoned the homies from cr crimes that they were guilty of, that they admitted to being guilty of and committed. And including uh, the Blackwater contractors, George Papadopoulos and the ex-lawmakers, um, the people who were involved in the Robert Mueller case. Um, this gets... This gets uh, exhausting just having to hear this stuff because I'm not a political pundit. I am not a, a political figure. I'm actually a citizen that gives a shit about the people of this country, specifically a lot of the people that come from places like where I come from. And it just seems like there's no solution in sight. There's no, and that's why so many people feel apathetic. And so many people felt like this election was some bullshit. It didn't matter who they voted for because they were still voting um, for the oppressor and voting for the people that got the, that continue to put their, the, the proverbial foot on the people's necks. And we are all exhausted and tired. And so um, I'll say Donald Trump on Tuesday announced a wave of lame duck pardons, including two for men who pleaded guilty, guilty in the Robert Mueller investigation. Um, George Papadopoulos, 
former U.S. Congressman Duncan Hunter and Chris Collins and the four Blackwater Guards involved in the Iraq massacre where a child was murdered um, and citizens who were unarmed were murdered. And that Blackwater company, I'm sure of, uh, is owned by or ran by Betsy DeVos's brother. So here we are watching this crime syndicate play out their, all of their egregious acts before the very American people, while the people are so devastated by loss, hunger, frustration, poverty, crime, sickness, and he's looking out for the homies. He is absolutely looking out for the homies. And we are sitting here watching it all play out. And you know what? I, I tweeted something yesterday and people's responses were, why are we not revolting? Why are we not kicking these people in the ass? Why are we not showing up for the people? Because the crazies are showing up for the crazies. But why are the American people who are normal and want some peace and justice in this country and equity and all of the stuff? Why are we showing up? Yeah, I see you, Jackie. He said China started it. It's China's fault. So he mentioned a bunch of countries, people of color, ethnic people to prove because he's just feeding his base. You know, it's everybody else's fault that the United States is in this problem but not the fault of the American government who has been fucking its people for generations now and it's getting worse. So here we are having these conversations and um, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Good afternoon, Tony H. What can I tell you? And the black people in America, now that ADOS has shown up, said it. They were like, Hey, all these motherfuckers are not on our side. Like, why are we pumping for Biden? Why are we pumping for uh, Trump? They all in the same game. And nothing has happened to improve the conditions of poor people in this country, black people in this country, brown people in this country, anybody who's at the bottom of the food chain. Nothing has changed to improve the conditions. And not that it would happen overnight, but we're not even having those conversations. We're not even having those conversations. Donald Trump is trying to hijack the office, turn this shit into a dictatorship. If you watch the way dictatorships happen, he is following the, the rule book, which is why he's kicking it. He loves kicking it with Putin. He kicked it with Kim Jong-un. He's he's a complicit, I mean complicit. He is fascinated, fascinated with the dictatorship and very intrigued as to how to turn this country into one because he he wants to be the king. He wants to be in charge. And we are sitting around here watching it happen. And it's just, it's infuriating, it's frustrating, and it's downright ugly. And, you know, the fact that he pardoned these people is gross. The fact that one of those men is associated with Betsy DeVos, who's been fucking our education system she, since she got in here. Not that she started this shit, because our education system has been fucked forever. And, you know, what's, what's, What's really good about our education system is how it works for corporate America, how it works for capitalism, is that you graduate with a degree that you can't get a job with, and then you owe a lot of money and you stay in debt and at the bottom of the food chain. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Like I, I am, I'm ending my year with 
you know, saying, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. I don't want to talk about politics anymore because I am so disillusioned with this political system. And that is not, uh, that's not helpful to you, right? So what do we do? How do we organize from the ground up? How do we support our the organizations and the people who are actually working to try to make this world a better place for us? How do we um, have these conversations and say black people and brown people without the, everybody else saying, well, what about? Because the lack of balance in our communities are affect, I mean, are, the lack of balance is first of all visible, it is apparent, it is undeniable, and it is horrible. And it has caused so much. So if, if our education system is bad in America, it's worse in the hood. If being not being able to get a, a nice house when you are a celebrity or you're a rich person of color, a black person in this country, it's worse if you are not one of the a celebrity or you're not rich. So I'm just sitting here just going off the dome today because I honestly was planning to have a conversation with Frederick about his book. And then I start seeing these headlines and I start remembering why I don't wanna be associated with this stuff anymore because it feels like you are selling the people pipe dreams. And I don't wanna be a part of that shit. I wanna be a part of the solution. Um, so let's see. Hello, Ida. I hope all is well with you. Thank you so much, Jose. I'm reading some of the comments. Stop electing Democrats. I mean, at this point, who do you elect? You should use platform for something better. He is exposing what Congress really feels about the American people. He expo is exposing what Congress really feels about the American people. You know, if you want to relegate it to just Congress or you want to just be real and say, that our American government is corporate America's bitch. And they are just, they don't give a fuck about the American people. They don't think anything about us. The truth is that the corporations who run this country got them by the balls, the proverbial balls. So they take those checks, they live those lives. They Not only did they get those 170,000 that 170,000 that was uninterrupted for deliberating that bullshit ass bill, the $600 bill that you're gonna get. But a lot of the motherfuckers are millionaires. The chick down in Atlanta who's Loeffler is, is the richest person in Congress, right? They're rich, Nancy Pelosi got dollars. So you are, you wanna talk about demonizing Congress when some of, some of the members in Congress are not getting paid like that and are getting, um, death threats and what I don't believe Rashida Tlaib is is getting bucks from corporations when they're knocking door to door. You talking about an, an imbalance, and so yeah, that they don't give a fuck about the American people. When have they? And it's as if that is some great discovery. The government is they're puppets. They are puppets. They show up, they have these long ass meetings, they get on television, they run the wolf game. That's what they do. And guess what? Who's running this country? Wells Fargo, Bank of America, uh, Uber, who had legislation that we voted on and got passed for their benefit. That's who runs the country. So if you wanna sit here and talk about Congress and tell, tell people that Republicans and the Democrats and you don't like this person and they all in the same, it's a few of people in there actually working to try to get some things done who are not negotiable and are not getting checks. 
but they don't matter because they've been demonized so much that you think that they're trying to turn America into Cuba, that they're trying to make this a socialist country, which this country is already partially socialist. We have a mixed economy. We have to say this over and over again for the dummies who don't realize that the socialism that exists in this country only benefits the rich and the top tier and then everybody else who is a, a, a victim of the socialism that is in this country do not reap the benefits. You pay your tax dollars, your local congressman, senator, sen uh, congresswoman get uh, that money, uh, get the, get paid. They get they send their kids to the best school. They got better health care than you, and they're getting paid by your tax dollars. You pay them, you put them to work, and then you worship them, and you are scared to tell those motherfuckers to get to work for you. And that's the problem that we're having in this country. We've crossed over into the celebrity worship. You can't talk bad about a politician. Um, because if you talk about a black or brown politician and you're black and brown, you're a sellout. If you're white, you're a racist. And the reality of it is, is that, yes, there's a lot of racism in this country, but a lot of these motherfuckers need to be held to, they need to be held accountable because if they're using, I'm one of y'all and I got y'all to get in office and you get them in office. And then when they get in office, nothing happens to improve the conditions of your life. Then who are they servicing? What are they working for? Who are they working for? So, um, you know, I just think that we have a, a serious imbalance in this country. So, Mark, you know, what's funny is that I don't know what makes you think. So they are trying to curb you with the politics talk is like discussing the politics of a comedy nightclub. It's not something that the overall pop population can digest. So when you start talking about feeling and images, you're experienced and some person asks you to do something else. It's a wicked spin, man. And look, you know, I have, I, I was around comedians this weekend and I had several conversations with them and we feel, um, we feel like we have to talk about this, right? Because we can't ignore, these are the issues of the day. And, and mind you, people really come at me or they'll come at people of color, women of color, black women, black men, and tell us to stick to comedy when George Carlin ran a whole career on talking about political and social issues. And it really didn't bother a lot of people because he was a white man and white men can white men, can white man whenever they want. Um, as if we don't have social and political point of views and we don't have anything to talk about. And so I've always talked about these issues in my standup. And if you go back to when I started in 08, you can see it because I, I am affected by what's going on and I'm observing it and I'm going to write about it. And my way of taking it out into the world is usually through standup. That's that's what comedians do. That is why Dave Chappelle did that special when he spoke about George Floyd and Fred Crawford. And that is why uh, Bill Burr went on SNL and talked about the, the, the role that white women have been playing in this in this political landscape and in society. And we feel compelled because that is our job as comedians. Many of us are talking about our observations and what are we observing? this political bullshit and things that are happening in our lives. So um, when they say shut up and dribble, you know, uh, but it's only shut up and dribble because it's not uh, Tebow doesn't have to shut up and and throw. Right. He can he has a right to say something because he's the right demo for them.
Anyway, um, I um, I really enjoy engaging with the people in the audience because I think it's important about that we have conversations no matter how um, how uncomfortable they are. We have to have the uncomfortable conversations. There has to be revolution. They have to. Um, they have to. Thank you, Ebony. We have to be uncomfortable, and we have to have this shit we gotta we gotta push we gotta we gotta shake it up and the comedians and the athletes and the writers and the scientists and the teachers and the lawyers and the doctors and everybody needs to speak up you know that's the way we make change um already voted for him and also i don't see Loeffler and david purdue back in um in dc let's hope let's hope um, yes, you know what, Vivian, you are absolutely right. Comedians answer to no one, politicians answer to their donors. If I say something that Netflix doesn't like, they have the power to cut it out or they have the power not to bring me back, but they can't fire me because I don't work for them. And I just think that a lot of times comedians have made the decision now that we got to use our voices because everybody else has a muzzle on them. Um, okay, so let's see. Ecstasy, the legendary hip hop group. Oh no, Ecstasy passed away. No, I hate to give bad news on the internet like that about people passing away. Um, so I'll, I have another a story that I want to share with you because I think we can change, uh, take a different, go in a different direction and lighten it up a little bit. Strip clubs in San Diego may stay open while bars and restaurants are closed during COVID. Judge decides. Protests and church services are still allowed under California's COVID-19 restrictions because they're protected speech. One judge in San Diego says strip clubs are too and should be allowed to stay open. However, on Friday, state attorney uh, General Xavier Becerra ordered two clubs in San Diego to shut down. The legal fight is not over though. Um, so what say you? I love to hear the, I like to read these comments. And um, <laughs> this is so funny to me because I grew up in Miami, Florida where strip clubs reign supreme. Uncle Luke, my Uncle Luke, that's what I call him, from Two Live Crew, um, who I've known since I was, you know, a kid it has always been like the mayor of the city and has been. And I'll tell you why, because I, why this story is so interesting to me, because Uncle Luke Luther Campbell is the first rapper to go to the Supreme Court and win. He faced off with Tipper Gore um, about freedom of speech. And the reason we have those censorship um, those censorship labels on rec, uh, we would have them on CDs now. I don't, we don't even have CDs anymore, but the reason we had those was because of Uncle Luke. And, um, and I always like to celebrate him because people look at him as if he's a derelict or, you know, but he's one of the people that I've met in life. I interned for him who's taught me about the law. And that as people of color, we have to learn the law. We have to learn how to use it for our benefit, the way the government has always used it against us. So I'll tell you, like, um, I remember that he was having um, uh, having some event and he had these flyers posted all over South Beach. And the flyers were of this girl's Jiggy was her name, her ass. 
And they started um, taking the flyers down. They tried to take some legal action against him. And he went to court and he said, Ida, selective prosecution. Remember that. Anyway, he won. Um, so I, anytime I think about um, strip clubs, which some people morally look down on them because they see, uh, you know, whatever strippers as being sex workers less than I see them as human beings. A lot of people who grew up in the area that I grew up in saw that as one of the ways out or one of the ways to get money, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, some people were surviving that way. And some of these women in uh, in San Diego, because we look at this, we trivialize it, that is their bread and butter. And so is it free speech to be able to get your eagle on? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I just I just love this story because this story benefits people who probably look like me and are darker than me. And so I just think it's important that um, we celebrate whenever there's a fight won on behalf of the poor people and the marginalized people and the people that come from the lower income communities. Because honestly, if Joel Osteen can keep his church doors open and get that stimulus, big check. Why can't big country get some money for the, when she, <laughs> sorry, Irina, I am having too much fun. <laughs> I love, I love Irina. She gave me this story and it just brings me so much joy because sex workers are always being mistreated. And yes, Lisa Lee, I lived in San Diego. I lived in Mission Valley and I lived in Rancho Bernardo and it is very, very expensive. And the people who are in that community, it is a, in a it's an affluent city and it has some hoods. It has, you know, the, the cities that are, uh, the, the communities that are close to the border, you know, there's Emerald Hills, there's um, Lemon Grove, you know, that's, you know, I always know where the hood is because I go right there when I go to whatever city and I go find my people. But um, a lot of soldiers need those strip clubs in San Diego. My father's son. <laughs> um, what do I want for Christmas? Ooh, I want to see. I want to see a, a better plate, a better world. I want some money to go into our communities. I want you to donate to a real organization that's doing real work um, in our communities and people that have that really need it right now. Um, you know, we we show up on Thanksgiving with a turkey. We show up on Christmas, you know, with some toys for the kids or a couple of outfits. What we need to really do is start investing in our communities in a way that it continues to, where the dollars continue to reinvest themselves in the community. So when you give money um, to a family, give a, give, give, a bond, you know, a, you know, some of you people who have more money and you want to give somebody something, give them something that is going to continue to feed them and not uh, a PS5. Like who gives a shit about that? That's going to, that's going to be out of style in a couple of months or years or whatever. And then they're going to come out with the next one. And we, we need to really learn how to invest our dollars in things that are in our best interest and stop investing in our own oppression.
So um, back to the story though. Um, I want to see how this turns out because there is a fight. And to some people, the strip club is church. <laughs> and you may not be one of those people, but to some people, it is church. And yes, we must legalize sex work because right now the only people who benefit from sex work are the fucking traffickers, the oppressors, the 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 people who make victims out of these people and send to Latinx kids to college, of course, Eric. Um, anyway, I just think that that story is magnificent. And I hope that those people, you know, end up being able to go to work. Wear your mask at the strip club. <laughs> Wear your mask. Um, all right. So I guess this is some kind of good news. I don't want to sit up here and just talk about bad shit for an hour. Fauci predicts herd immunity for U.S. by late spring or early summer. Dr. Fauci predicted Monday that the United States could achieve herd immunity against COVID-19 by the end of the second quarter, 2021. I love that they refer to time in quarters, which corporate quarters, right? Because those are fiscal quarters, right? That that the capitalism is sprinkled across and that they're all a part of it. And if you think that any of them are not, you are a fool. Speaking to MSNBC's Hallie Jackson, Haley Jackson, Fauci, director of the National Institute of, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said that depending on the efficiency of the rollout, the COVID-19 vaccine should be widely available to most Americans by the spring. Depending on whether enough people can be persuaded, which I've been reading the comments, and this is the correct terminology, persuaded um, to be inoculated. Um, he said it could be sometime by the end of March. So I want to ask those of you who are in the comment sections, uh, in the comment section, will you be getting the vaccine? Or will you stand in line for it? I have not taken the vaccine yet, uh, Pratt. I am not in the, I'm not in the, in the, in, I don't belong to the elite group of people who have access to the vaccine. And I would um, for, forego the vaccine for the people who are on the front lines. Um, I think that those are the people who should be getting the vaccination first because they're the ones that are coming in contact in, with people in numbers who have COVID-19. Um, I know a, a lot of nurses and a lot of doctors who have been um, I have friends who are nurses who are right there on the front line, and I would like to see them get whatever um, is safest for them to be able to continue to do the work that they're doing as they provide, um, you know, the the assistance and the services and the help and the medical care to the people who are suffering right now with COVID. I know that in Los Angeles, um, the hospitals are overrun. I will take it. I'm a high risk, yes, probably, but I will wait till it becomes available to the masses and I'll watch for side effects. Yeah, I've been reading about it. I read that some of the side effects were fever and chills, uh, but that's, I mean, they said, so this vaccine is different, right? Because they said that they are not going to, uh, they're not, that COVID-19 is not in the vaccination, right? It is a placebo. So they're not uh, 
because most vaccinations, they give you a little bit of what that thing that you, you they want to make you immune to so that you don't get it, but they don't do this with this vaccine. But it's no surprise to me that you would have the symptoms, um, which are chills and uh, fever and chills, because that's what you get when you get COVID. Um, nope, I have done everything possible as an essential worker to remain vigilant in this climate, but you could still contract contract COVID-19 with, yes, they said that you have to do two rounds and before you become immune to it. Um, I'll wait till I see results, honestly. What else? Yes, essential workers should be honored and compensated. Absolutely. Um, I don't care where you are on the political aisle, where, where you stand on the political uh, spectrum. Not aisle. I'm, I, 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 anyway, it doesn't matter where you are politically, but you should give, you should care about the people who are providing care for us. Imagine what these people's uh, holidays are going to look like. You know, everyone is gearing up for Christmas on Friday. These people are gearing up for a horrible weekend and the numbers are still bad and people are still dying. And we've surpassed uh, the number of people that died on 9-11 in one day in America. And these people are still having this magnificent political um, argument about how to help while the people continue to die. And who continues to die? Not Giuliani, not Trump, not Melania, not Trump Jr., not any of the people who have contracted um, COVID that are, are affiliated with this gang because they're a gang. The people who are dying are the people you know, the people you're listing off in the comments, myself, and those that, we, that are a part of our communities and the people who um, look like us. I think it's telling when those who called it a hoax end up taking the vaccine. Absolutely. I actually was appalled. I was appalled when, uh, hold on, because I, I, I like to make sure when I call a clown by, by name that I call the clown by their name. So Joni Ernst, right? Mother, soldier, leader, proudly serving Iowa in the United States Senate, called COVID a hoax and then walked her old clown ass to the nearest facility and got the vaccination before um, people that are on the front lines. Matt Gates with his old clown ass who also supported this fallacy that this is a hoax walked his old bucket hat ass over to a facility and got the vaccination. So that's just the epitome of privilege in this country. And it's just so frustrating when so many people who need that vaccination so that they can show up and work for the people are, are taking advantage of their privilege in this moment. And I just really, I just, I'm not, I'm calling people names. I'm cussing them out. If I see them, I may jump on one. I'm no longer participating in this bullshit that we got to be civil with the motherfuckers who continuously pile up so that, that we cannot, we don't win. 
I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. We always, ah, we always smiling up in the faces of the people who hate us. And that is, I'm done. I'm done. Um, they'll say whatever for political reasons. Yeah, they are. They were all saying the shit was a hoax. Uh, Kelly Loeffler sold her stocks, ran and, and made some big money. Um, she she jumped out of some shit, jumped into some shit, made a lot of money off of what happened. And we are sitting here putting the names of the people that we lost into this comment section and they are just living life. Um, and that's, that can be, that can make people very upset and people be uh, just behave uh, irrationally when you do that to them um, enough. So Kirk Cameron ignores directives from directives from health officials to host another maskless caroling event at a Southern California mall as the region deals with a surge in COVID-19. Somebody needs to go get Kirk Cameron's and kick him all up in his ass and sit his ass down somewhere. I don't know what happened to these sitcom stars from the 80s, Scott Bayo, even Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What I will tell you is this, while they're standing on the front line for Trump and his criminal, you know, cohorts, they're also standing in a place of privilege and a place of, they're they have affluent lives. They're living amongst the best of them, having access to the best things while they're on Twitter and they are on um, Facebook telling you to go out there and get that virus. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Kirk Cameron. This is the second time he was already warned once, but there you go with the privilege and that bullshit going out there in the areas. So my problem is this, if you went out there with all your celebrity Hollywood friends, all your rich people, all the people you hang out with, people who have SAG insurance, who get residuals, who have own homes in the best parts of this place, and all y'all were around each other and it was just y'all, and y'all got sick, then we'd be cool with that. But what you're doing is you're going out there and you are exposing the people, the vulnerable, the vulnerable people who have no choice but to show up and work. And the the <laughs> I saw white Jesus, what happened to Kurt Cameron. The, the people that have to show up in the food industry, that have to work at the gas stations, that have to work at the places that where they don't make a decent living wage, but they still have to show up for your, to survive. And then you come with your privileged bullshit and sprinkle coronavirus and then go the fuck home to your neighborhood and you don't have to worry about it. And that's my problem with it. If they all got into a, a, a little section, y'all want Mississippi? Give us the black people. Give us the brown people. Y'all have y'all can have Mississippi. Go take Texas, whatever y'all, wherever y'all want to say y'all want to succeed. To, that you want to succeed with, from, whatever the preposition is, go and give us our people and just go. But that's not what's happening. They they are out there um, infecting the vulnerable, right? They look at Mar-a-Lago, those people that have to work there, that have to show up with your COVID crunchy ass are the ones that are going to get sick and die because they don't have access to that cocktail that you have, my G. And that is what I have a problem with. Um, let's do one more story before we go. Uh, I don't know if this is a good story, 
but it's an interesting one. Richmond Heights police to get spit masks after seeing increase of people spitting on officers. Richmond Heights are now dealing with a different kind of risk of COVID-19. Officers will soon be getting spit masks to keep in their squad cars to use if a person tries to spit on them or bite them. Lieutenant uh, Denise DeBias with Richmond Heights Police told 19 News they've seen They've seen more people threatening or spitting on their officers since the pandemic began. I, I, don't, I don't know what community you spit on police officers and uh, don't get your ass whooped because I think sometimes these stories are inflammatory because you can't even walk by a police officer and turn your back on him without him shooting you. So when they say people are spitting in the at the cops, I, I mean, it just sounds like such a hard thing to believe. And I'm not saying that some people have not spat on police officers. I'm sure that that is the case. But that this is becoming an issue and we are putting tax dollars into getting masks for cops to protect themselves from COVID. Where are the masks for the citizens to be protected against the cops? Yo, I can't do this. This is a problem. This is why I am like semi out the door. Um. I want to take the last few minutes to just say um, I want to thank you all. Those of you who show up, I want to I want to just show some appreciation. I know the holidays are upon us, and this is a moment where we feel a lot of pressure to go out and spend money so that we can fulfill these fantasies that are going to supposed to supposedly make us feel better. And it's no different than when you eat a whole cake because you're, you think that cake looks delicious. You eat the whole cake. And then after you eat it, you feel sick to your stomach because you ate all that cake. Think about spending money for the holidays in that way, going out and spending all that money that's going to have you in debt at the beginning of the year with such a time of uncertainty. Those people who really mean something to you, care about you, don't have that expectation of you because we know that this is a hard time. Focus on family. Focus on those of us who are still here and you know, focus on being together and loving one another and being okay with not having to go into debt to make people happy. Do not condition your children, specifically us black and brown people. Let's not condition our children to find the value, to find their own value into shoes, um, the clothes that they wear, jewelry, video games, and things of those nature, material natures, because things change. And one thing can happen and you can lose it all. And if your self-esteem and your value comes from what you own, how, what you wear, how you look, you will not feel good about yourself. So why would you want to give your children that gift? Focus on the things that make you uh, special and that, and I'm not trying to preach to anybody. I'm just offering a word that I wish somebody would have given me at some point in my life. If you feel um, pressure to spend money, pressure to buy gifts, and I think it's okay to buy gifts if you can afford it or whatever, but don't let that be attached to your value. You're not a bad mother. 
you're not a bad father, if you cannot afford to buy an expensive video game console that is going to be out of style, you're not going to, um, you you're not lesser of a person because you cannot afford to buy somebody a great gift. I just hope that the next couple of days are pressure free for you, that you have what you need. And on the list of things that I need is a healthy family, um, my loved ones to be happy and well, and that we have uh, together, a togetherness, whether it's through Zoom, that we feel the presence of love and the most high in our lives. And I wish that for you. And I hope that you laugh and you celebrate and you enjoy the next couple of days in a way that's different, that you have perspective and agency over your own happiness and fun and not allow corporate America to tell you what it is that makes you valuable. I wish you all a beautiful day, a beautiful week and weekend, whatever it is you celebrate, happy that. And just remember that January 2nd is right around the corner and it's no different than tomorrow or the day after. Thank you so much for uh, supporting Truth Serum this year. I'm so thankful. I've met some amazing people because of Truth Serum. I have uh, some internet friends, a village that supports me. There are people who disagree with me, who don't like me. They also make me better. They make me learn. They make me grow. And they make me seek information so that I am uh, informed and sensitive to others. Um, I want to say thank you to all of the people who show up for Truth Serum. Irina, Omar, Justine, Kertisha, um, Adrian. Um, there is a there is a squad that shows up so that we can be here every week, and um, and you should know their names because they support me and they show up for me and I show up for them. And of course, you. So Sheila Woodson, the Half Black Reaper, Ivan Wright, Garcia Ortiz, uh, Festy Bestie One. Mark T. Rushy, I wish you all uh, a beautiful week. Uh, teen, uh, Trina Thorpe, um, you know, all of, all of the people that are out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. And I really, when I say I love you, I mean it, not in the cool, cool way. I just think that we are connected and we should employ love because love is real. And love keeps us going when the hate doesn't. So have a, a, a beautiful week. Thank you so much for showing up for me today. I saw the numbers go up, 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 up. And I'm so excited about that. And um, I'm thankful to all of you. Um, and we will see you in the new year.